Casey's confidential. Hey. Kansas City's best. Ooh. Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. Each guest shares their personal stories of life in Kansas City and discuss the brands they have built. I'm your host, Sari, and today's guests are Molly Maxwell and Megan Thornberry, co-founders of Hoopla, which is a local Kansas City favorite for getting ultra-hygienic nail and aesthetic services. The ladies of Hoopla both grew up in Kansas City. Molly went to Shiny Mission East, KU, then on to NYU, earning her master's in social work. She worked at Mount Sinai Hospital in the Pediatric Infectious Disease Clinic. Molly is married and has three boys. Megan graduated from Pembroke Hill, Denison University, and then got her law degree from UMKC. She then went on to be a trial attorney with the law firm of Walters, Bender, Strobian, and Vaughn. Megan is married and has a daughter and son. The story of Hoopla began on a playground when Molly and Megan met while their sons had playdates. Molly had recently moved back to Kansas City after living in New York and was asking Megan for various recommendations on local services, including where she could get her nails done. The ladies agreed there wasn't anywhere in town where they felt comfortable getting their nails done that was hygienic. At the time, both Molly and Megan were looking for career changes, so they decided to create Hoopla, a nail studio where they would want to go themselves. So welcome to the podcast, Molly and Megan. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. We're excited. I am excited to to have you guys on. I'm so interested to hear more about this major career shift you both had from, yeah, opening nail studio. I, I, I want to hear more about that. So kind of jumping right in, you were both looking for what at the time was, you know, was leading you to, to that decision in both of your careers. So for me, this is Megan. Um, I was a trial attorney and I had just had uh, two children uh, they are 18 months apart and my dad had passed away and left me a business that um, I was working at as well. So I retired from law and was working at my dad's company, which did not fulfill me as much as I had been before. And so I was just looking to make a new change to do something that I could be passionate about. And I... Uh, was a social worker, as you mentioned, in New York City. And then uh, my husband, and at the time I had two sons, moved back to Kansas City. And I decided at that point that I wanted to just mix it up. I'd been a social worker and I was ready to try something different, at least for short term, which is now rolled into longer term. (laughs) And um, that's, you know, when I ended up meeting Megan, as you mentioned, through our son's they uh, were in pre-K together and we met through sitting there watching them on play dates. And as we were conversing, we were talking about different things, as you said. And um, when I asked Megan, you know, well, where do you go get your nails done? And she said, nowhere since I had gone to somewhere and um, where a lot of my friends and people I knew went and I contracted an infection in my toe from the lack of hygienic processes that were going on there. And 
I had to wear a bandage around my toe all summer. And so I had basically stopped going to places in town because I did not think that any, any of them were clean enough or followed the proper procedures. So at that point I said, well, do you think we should create a place where we would want to go and hopefully other people would want to go? And despite not knowing each other very well, <laughs> Megan said, sure. <laughs> so we made a list of things we would want, online booking. And at that time, it was 10, 11 years ago now, nobody had online booking in town. And we wanted to be able to do online booking to make appointments when we wanted them, rather than when you call in someplace and they say, when would you like to come in? Oh, no, we're busy. When else? Oh, no, we're busy. And then you play this game for a very long time. We also wanted clean, efficient, hygienic services that wasn't like a spa where you had to spend and block out all day to be there. And we wanted a staff that was kind, courteous, interesting, and not just competing for clients all the time. So that's what we set out to do. Yeah. So what made you realize that instead of kind of going on a hunt yourself to try all the different nail studios in Kansas city and find the one that worked for you, you know, to jump into owning your own business because entrepreneurship is sort of this whole other beast to tackle. So was that something that either for both of you was, you know, in the back of your head that you always had an interest in owning your own business, or was it more just the opportunity presented itself and, you know, you, you took it. I think for, for us, uh, People had suggested we look at buying an existing business and then just converting it into what we wanted. And I don't think that was going to do it for either one of us. And we thought we could just do it better. And I think part of it too is just, I don't, I don't know that either one of us ever from the beginning of time thought, oh, I definitely want to have my own business. So I think the good and the bad of it is that we both went into it pretty naive thinking, well, it can't be that hard. And it turns out it's pretty hard to run a business and have a company. Um, so we actually, for the better part of a whole year, we met every day and planned and made our business plan and came up and researched and figured out, you know, how exactly this is going to get executed um, before we actually opened our door to customers. And what was that feeling like the day that you guys opened? You know, you have keys to your place and you've made, you've just made this huge career change and now you're following your dreams in different directions. So what was that feeling like the first time you guys opened? A uh, frightening, but exciting. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, we had a, a fear of, okay, we'll open the doors and nobody's there, <laughs> but that didn't happen. It was great. And on the other hand, we also had a fear of that first day thinking, oh my gosh, people are actually showing up like this is happening. And have we done everything we needed to do? And, you know, what do we need to tweak or what can we do better? So kind of both sides of the coin on that. It's kind of like getting married when you plan out your wedding. And then that day, something goes wrong. Many things go wrong, but it all works out and it's all great. Yes. I have a lot of friends getting married right now. And I always tell them, I'm like, at the end of the day, you'll be married. Whatever happens in between happens. And at the end of the day, you will be married. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So how 
you know, were you guys marketing yourself in the beginning? Was it a lot of relying on word of mouth or did you feel like you already had a really good connection in terms of the community? How were you deciding how to market your new business? I would say in the beginning, we marketed a lot to our friends, family, people we had worked with over the years or known over the years, neighbors, things like that. And then I can remember just one day being, we looked at the schedule and we were like, we don't know anybody in here. And that's the greatest feeling because we knew we, we had reached outside of our own community. Yeah. And, and I want to ask sort of in your own words, how would you describe how Hoopla is different than other places in Kansas City? What makes you guys stand out from all the others? Well, I think there are several things that we do. And I, you know, just thinking about our business and how we're different in terms of, we started this in 2012. And this obviously was well before the global pandemic of COVID, uh, when everybody became super concerned about health and being, you know, aware of your surroundings and germs and all of that. So we, we went into this knowing we wanted it to be ultra hygienic, unlike many other nail places. Um, so one thing that we have that's different from most is we have a custom petty bench where each station where you soak your feet does not have the jets that many places do because the jets are where all the bacteria are harbored and most places do not clean those appropriately. And so then every person soaking their feet, you know, get the same bacteria that everybody else that day has been having. <laughs> so that's one thing that's different. And we also, we clean all of our tools and implements that are stainless steel in an autoclave, which is the same kind of treatment that's used to sanitize in a, for example, a dental office. So we, all of our tools are then packaged individually. So each person is getting their own sterilized tools and then anything else that can't be sterilized, um, is one-time use and thrown out. Another uh, part that was important to us from the, right from the beginning was to provide our own line of nail polish. We looked around, considered what polish to use, and we're not pleased with a lot of them. Most of them, in fact, large percentage were not manufactured in the United States, and they have very uh, relaxed and different guidelines in other countries for chemicals and components that can make up the nail polish. So we wanted to make our own and have our own polish line with our own colors that we liked, that we thought were fresh and fun, and that the polish would be clean and be able to be used on children and be safe. And um, so we started our own line and had it up and running by the time we opened so that we didn't have to rely on anybody else's product. And at the beginning, we had 40 colors, I believe, and now we have 85 and actually are getting ready to launch six new ones. So um, that's exciting. Um, our polish is 10 free, which means it's free of the 10 most harsh and harmful toxic chemicals. It can be recycled because of that. So it comes in a glass bottle that you can do through glass recycling. It is a smaller size than a lot of the regular traditional polish because we found, and I think most people who buy polish find they have dozens of half-use polish in their medicine cabinet or a drawer or somewhere, and it just gets tossed and wasted. So we wanted to prevent waste to help with the environment as well. And it was important to us that our polish never be tested on animals. 
And so we have also obtained a PETA certification for cruelty because we do not test on animals and that it's also vegan. Do you want to tell the vegan you part? It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that people don't know is that a lot of makeup and nail polish contains parts of beetles, which is used to... <laughs> You're having the reaction a lot of people have that is uh, used to prolong the shelf life of the polish. However, ours does not. And that was really important to us so that we are also certified by PETA as being a vegan uh, beauty product. And we also it was very important to us that it be manufactured inside the United States, which it is. And then um, because of the small size, it's TSA approved. So you can bring it on your flight and you can also pop it in a pocket or a bag really easily, um, take it with you. That's our polish. We've extend, extended now our line to include nail treatments, base coats, top coats, healers, strengtheners, and avocado cuticle oil. That was how we started and why we're different. <laughs> That's so great. I love, I just, I love that about you guys. I recently in the last couple of years have restocked uh, all of my makeup to only be vegan and cruelty-free brands. That was something that I've always been an animal lover. And just in terms of trying to use cleaner products, especially health products, you know, using deodorant that doesn't have aluminum in it or anything like that. And over the last you know few years, that's been a really big part of my day-to-day routine is only using brands that are vegan and cruelty-free. And then you mentioned that have empty nail polish bottles. I had a total flash of <laughs> my life a number of years ago, I used to have bins and bins and bins of nail polish. I loved nail polish. I used to follow OPI's uh, limited edition collection constantly. I probably bought four of the same color that weren't really the same color, just renamed <laughs> for a different collection. And in, even in the process of moving, I was always really attached to my nail polish. And the one of the last times I moved, I was like, okay, I, I cannot keep transporting bins of nail polish. This is ridiculous. It's taking up so much storage space. And I remember opening one of the bins. It had to have been years since I opened it and just the smell the like fumes that hit me and all the bottles had been half used and again, most of them were the same color. And I tossed all of them. And I remember thinking, A, I feel terrible. I let all this go to waste, the amount of money I've wasted. And B, I'm throwing all of this out and it's so toxic. And it just, there was like no good way to go about it because I, I wasn't going to keep it. And I felt bad tossing it. So I just, I love hearing all of that about your nail polish. That's, that's so great. So in terms of creating the nail polish, what was that process like? Cause that involves labs, I imagine to some degree and color and, you know, coming up with the right hues and all of that. So I would love to hear more about the process of actually making the nail polish. So we, we continue to kind of monitor one thing that we really try to look at is the ongoing trends and when we very first started this we had to come up with you know 40 we wanted 40 colors to start so we had to kind of figure out what what would be our top 40 our list of top 40 so we eventually figured out our different colors and then we realized that we were going to have to name them all <laughs> and so which sounds easy in theory but <laughs> When you name, you know, you're thinking about naming, let's say you have 40 kids, that's a lot of names. <laughs> so we, that took, 
you know, get a decent amount of time to come up with all of our different names. And every time we come out with a new polish, whether it's one or a collection. So it is really fun and it's fun to kind of keep up with the trends and be trying to figure out what's the next best color to add to our collection. Um, and it just is kind of an ongoing process. Yeah. Throwing ideas out there back and forth of shooting some down. <laughs> it, it is, it is fun, but it is hard. Yeah. Are there any polishes you guys have, you know, come up with that, you know, you thought were going to be really great or you had this color in mind and then you get to the process of making it and it just does not turn out the way you anticipated? Yes, I can think of one in particular. <laughs> and we did um, just discontinued it almost immediately. It, we had just such high hopes for the shade and it, did, it didn't work on anybody's skin tones. And, and that, that happens and you don't, a color looks very different on a monitor or on a piece of paper or on, you know, a test than it does when you put it on real people with different skin tones. Um, and you have to try to make most of your shades work for all different types of skin tones or have at least options of the similar shades for different um, skin tones. And that that's important to us to hit that kind of sweet spot there. Yeah, I'm a tried and true pink person all summer and spring. And then the second fall hits, I am the colors that almost look black, but they're not black until someone comes up to you and tells you you have black nail polish on, which <laughs> I, I like black nail polish, so I have nothing against it. But <laughs> I it's a fun process, I think, yeah, to find kind of the colors that work for you, especially for people who enjoy having their nails painted consistently and kind of picking out different colors or you know, even designs. I am not great about doing designs. I love just having kind of simple classic nails, but um, do you guys have a favorite go-to color for your nails? We do. So our best selling polish, which actually is both of our go-to colors is called Playground Dreams, named after our dream that was hatched on the playground. Um, it is a, it's a light pink, kind of an everyday wear, but it looks very classic and timeless as well. And it was funny. We named it that because we both liked it and it held a lot of um, importance to us. And then it did turn out to be our, our biggest seller and has been since we opened. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, that's so special. And especially the meaning behind the name. So it kind of is a full circle moment of where you guys started and now it being a bestseller. So that's so great. And I kind of want to go back to, you know, you mentioned COVID and hygiene. So what was that like going through the pandemic, owning a business, especially a business in this particular industry? I think it was definitely a really hard time and struggle for us, uh, much like any company, especially in the service industry, because we had to deal with all kinds of issues related to customers, as well as trying to make sure our staff was safe and healthy. Um, so we had some difficult times of trying to get through it and do the best we could it almost seemed like every day was a new day of, okay, now the guidelines are this, how are we going to make sure we're doing it the best that we can do to protect our customers and our staff. And, and I think we did a really good job. We were already doing quite a bit of things to make sure we were hygienic to begin with, but then, you know, we just kind of elevated everything along with everybody else just to try and do our best through, through the worst of it. 
we were somewhat fortunate, as Molly just said, that we already used hospital grade cleaners that satisfied the requirements for in the beginning when they weren't sure if COVID was could be passed by touching objects. We already ha- used gloves. We already cleaned every day. We also had a professional cleaning crew already that came in and cleaned. So we already had a lot of these practices in place, but it, it was hard. It's hard being a small business. The shutdown for the 90 plus day shutdown was difficult. Uh, we wanted to make sure to take care of our employees. Part of the reason we have the non-toxic polish is to protect our employees who have to use it and be around it all day, every day. So protecting them was important and still is. And so we reevaluate to this day everything about the COVID protocols and what's going on in the current climate. Yeah, and I imagine it's hard as a business owner as well, trying to keep up with the changes and especially the difference between being on the Kansas side and the Missouri side. I think a lot of business owners have, you know, had to deal with some issues where Kansas and Missouri weren't always on the same page of mass, no mass, or anything like that. So did you have to deal with that as well, you know, having having people on both sides of the states? Yeah, I think we we certainly dealt with that. And it's funny, Megan lives in Missouri and I live in Kansas. And so during the height of the pandemic, we would come in when the state, when the states would have different protocols and we would come into work and joke that, you know, the, the virus can't definitely can't cross the state line. (laughs) So, because, you know, like, well, we're going to be doing two different things yet. It it certainly can. The air, the air does not, there's not a line that the air doesn't cross. (laughs) But so we we did deal with that quite a bit. And we would typically try to uphold to whatever the um, strictest policy was at the time so that and then knowing that, you know, we could always lower that standard, but we wanted to be the safest we could. Because we also have customers from both Missouri and Kansas and employees from both sides and jur- different jurisdictions in Kansas were, were different. Um, Kansas City was all pretty much the same, but so we wanted to be able to respect those people um, and what they were following and and undergoing at the same time. So yes, we did. Molly's correct. We followed whatever's the most restrictive and then kind of dial it back from there as it went through. You mentioned just some other struggles uh, of how hard it is being a business owner. So what are some other just day-to-day struggles of being a small business owner? I think what a lot of people, we we, ha- we have a lot, a lot of people come to us and they say, oh, I'm thinking of starting, you know, my own business and they have a great idea or they, you know, they have a plan. And then we kind of point out a little bit that when you're a small business owner, you are your HR department, you are your accounting department, you are your billing department, you are your ordering and supplies department. In some instances, your legal department, <laughs> you are just you are everything. And so you can focus a lot on your product or what you have, but you have to remember that you have other lives that are working for you that are dependent on you for their livelihood. And it involves a lot of different hats. Yeah. And how is, you know, work-life balance of owning a business and being wives and being mothers? How do you find the balance to juggle everything? Um, it's not pretty, (laughs) but it doesn't have to be pretty. I think we try to do a pretty good job of when we are at work, we work hard. And when we're with our families, we, you know, try to be with our families 
And um, I think we do a pretty good job. I will say that I do think we often, just because we maybe have physically left the studio, we are often still texting each other or emailing or doing things at home that, you know, just because we're not physically here doesn't mean that we're not working somewhere else. So I think, you know, people might lose sight of, you know, small business owners just because they're not actually there. Usually they're probably thinking about their business or potentially even working at home or in their car in the pickup line or whatever it might be. Our business in particular is open seven days a week. So we are generally working seven days a week. And which isn't to say that we're not with our families, but we are, but at you know, we're still checking our phone and checking our, because we are responsible for our business, whether we, as Molly said, are physically here or not, it is always, it's ours. And so we, it, it's hard. <laughs> it's good. It's fun. <laughs> it isn't pretty as Molly said. And what would you say are some of the most rewarding aspects of owning your business? What are you most proud of in being a business owner? Well, I think kind of, as we mentioned, I think some of the the things we're most proud of are the fact that we have products that are made in the U.S. and are fantastic. And we love our products and we love getting feedback from people um, who also love them. So that's super rewarding and fantastic. And I think we're also really proud of the fact that we have uh, a staff who are a fantastic team. And I think for the most part, they enjoy being at Hoopla and coming to work and working with their customers. I think it's a great environment and we really appreciate them. Yeah. And I think the last thing is for me is just, you know, we have a lot of fun here. I mean, we, there's a lot of laughing that goes on and it's fun. I agree. (laughs) When you are able to put work aside, what does life in Kansas city look like for both of you? Well, for me, um, so I have I'm married and I do have two kids that are in high school. So I'm trying to spend as much time with them before they go off uh, as I can. But I also play tennis, not very well, in fact, terribly, but it's very fun with a fun group. Love to go out to all the fabulous local restaurants that we have here in Kansas City. It, It is a great great environment for for chefs and restaurants just kind of go for walks molly and i spend some of our business meetings walking our dogs <laughs> so that's nice when we are sharing new concepts and ideas we'll just grab the dogs and hit the street so that's kind of fun and i think i'm similar i mostly when i'm not working i just love being you know with my family and, and i have three boys two of whom are in high school now and i have a fourth grader and they're all pretty hilarious and they're pretty heavily involved in their own activities. So keeping up with that, I try to be at as much of that as possible and taking walks and just relaxing. I love to read magazines and I'm in a book club, but don't really read books very often. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Now you mentioned eating out and some amazing restaurants. What are some of your favorite restaurants in Kansas City? That's a great question. I uh, enjoy going to Exwa in the Crestwood shops, really enjoy Plate, which is East Brookside and wonderful story. It's wonderful. I really love Cafe Provence in Prairie Village. It's been there forever, and but it's delicious. <laughs> and they also have on the other side of the Prairie Village shops, the French market, which is also super delicious. You can get 
easy to go dinners, which is great for families. You can just run in and grab some things and heat it up and everybody's happy. Your shop is located uh, next to one of my favorite restaurants, which is Restaurant 1900 uh, right over there. So you guys are in close proximity, but that is one of my favorite restaurants in in Kansas City. It is delicious. (laughs) Delicious. And they have such a great outdoor space too. Yes, their patio is is great. I love that they added that on and try to always look at life in silver lining. And I feel like a silver lining for many restaurants who were able to luckily survive COVID were additions of patios to restaurants who have the space to expand or restaurants who revamped their patios. The summer has been a hot one, so I have not had a chance to enjoy as many patios as I would like, but I do love that eating outside, I think is becoming a little more uh, common in, in Kansas city, which is really great. I agree. And the explosion of the kind of food trucks and pop-ups in Kansas city has been super fun. We did a lot of that during um, kind of not going inside places and that, that was, that's been really fun. And I'm glad that's stayed around. What would you say overall are some of your favorite things about living in Kansas City and raising your families in Kansas City? Well, I think probably both of us would say that, you know, Kansas City, just the Midwest mentality of having hospitality, it seems everybody is incredibly nice. I remember when I moved back from New York and, you know, the first few times I went to the grocery store. And I just kept thinking, why is the checkout person talking to me and being so nice? <laughs> you just forget how how welcoming everybody is. So I think, you know, that's always fantastic. And one other thing I really love about Kansas City versus thinking about New York is just having a yard and having the ability to go outside and, you know, put your feet in some grass is always nice and um and I love all of those things. And I also think Kansas City is um, an amazing city in the fact that it's it's a large mid, mid-sized city, but it has big city things to do. I mean, we have now four major sporting teams with the Chiefs and the Royals and um, sporting and um, current, which I'm so excited for to have women's soccer in Kansas City is unbelievable, to have ballet, opera, all the arts that we that come and that we have here in town is incredible, which I don't take advantage of as much as I'd like to, but I plan to. So I think that's such a nice bonus to have in a city this size. And, and I do agree. The people are just so friendly. Like you can't, if you start walking into any place, somebody's opening a door for you or you're holding the door for somebody else and, and everybody's saying, hello, good day, you know, something like that. And it, that's a nice feeling every day. Yeah. Being from Kansas city, myself being from the suburbs, Leewood Overland park area. And it is funny when I really started traveling as a young adult. And as I got older, realizing that the Midwestern hospitality really was unique to the Midwest and that not everywhere is like that. And I feel like anytime I'm in New York or Chicago or larger cities and someone bumps into me, I'm always, I think you can tell from a mile away, I'm a Midwesterner because I'm the person saying, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. And, (laughs) you know, of course people are just moving right along and going about their business, but I'm the one that apologizing for having any physical altercation or interaction with, (laughs) with a stranger. (laughs) So I think that is unique to, to Midwesterners. 
So if there was anything you could change about Kansas City, if there was anything and you had power to change anything about Kansas City, what would you change? I think um, for me, there are some things that need to be changed, but I'm so pleased that so many are in the works already where uh, the city is expanding public transportation. They made bus rides free for all people. I think those things are very important to keep those trends moving forward. I think the addition and changing of um, the airport is gonna be incredible. I know right now we're losing flights every day, but I strongly believe it's because as soon as the airport opens, they're gonna wanna renegotiate and get new routes. And that's gonna be fantastic for Kansas City. It will bring so many more people into our city um, by having such a large, easy, brand new international airport. So those things I'm really pleased about. I'm pleased to see that they're working on uh, low-income housing, um, and things like that, that I think are desperately needed. So I think we're headed in the right direction. I think the pandemic gave things like the city time to look to see what's needed to build an actual game plan to get some funding and hopefully keep moving forward. Yeah, Molly, is there anything that you would change? I kind of agree with all of that. Well said. (laughs) Sorry, I said a lot. That was great. Well done. Well done. I'm in agreement. Yeah, no, I, I'm with both of you. I think those are all all great things. And I say it I, on almost every episode of this podcast, no matter who I'm talking to or the industry, but I think everyone is sort of in agreement that there are things that need to be worked on in Kansas City, but we are heading in the, in the right direction. And it's really exciting to be a part of the city during this time. And, you know, looking at Kansas City where it is now versus where it was 10 years ago, it just makes me really excited for what the next five, 10 years is, and beyond that will look like here. And I agree. I mean, the, the expansion of the streetcar I know is really big and I'm really excited to see where that continues to grow and just, yeah, the availability of public transportation to, to people I think is great. So I, I'm with both of you. I think those are, those are great points. You mentioned that you have a new collection of nail polish coming out. So can you give listeners a little tease of maybe some of the shades or what the collection was inspired by? So I think the collection was inspired by kind of our own desire to settle down and take things easy and uh, things have been so intense lately to just be whimsical. And um, so I that would be what I think inspiration came from. I think I'm going to love every new shade. So I'm very excited. And so they, we have six new colors and they'll be sold individually, but also they're kind of coming a set together too. So you can get the whole brand new set. It will be launching. We'll have it on our website and we'll also have it in our studio for sale. And we will also then have it available for when customers come in for manis and petties, they can select one or more of the new colors to use for their services. You can also purchase our items through Instagram and um, Facebook. So if that's easiest for some people, but our, our website shop is super easy as well and is set for mobile use as well. So great. And so where can people follow you on Instagram and Facebook and let listeners know where your shop is located if they don't already know? So for Facebook and Instagram, um, our handle is Hoopla Studio. So that's pretty easy. Um, And then our website is also hoopla.studio.com. Any of those work and are pretty easy to navigate. 
we are located physically in the fairway shops, which is on Shawnee Mission Parkway and Belinder. And it's 2708 West 53rd Street, technically, but uh, in the fairway shops is the easiest way to uh, state. We're um, right on the corner. There's parking in front, parking to the side, in the back, pretty easy to get to. And we're open seven days a week. Awesome. Well, I am so excited to see this new collection. I tossed a lot of nail polish recently, so I am in the market to restock uh, a bunch of nail polish. So I am very excited to to check it out. And using the word whimsical, just like my imagination kind of goes all over the place. So I'll be very excited to to see what the collection looks like. And Megan Molly, thank you both so much for joining me and for sharing your story. And I hope that any listener, you know, comes and checks you guys out if they haven't already, if they're unfamiliar. And so I just want to thank you both for uh, taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. So listeners, make sure to follow Hoopla on Instagram, check out their Facebook page, and of course, go make an appointment. They have various, uh, do you want to tell listeners some of the services that you guys offer? Sure. So we have all kinds of nail services um, and you can also get shellac if you would like to do a shellac mani. We also offer many aesthetic services and have fantastic offerings. Anything from eyelash extensions to fantastic spray tans to facials or peels. Um, we, we cover a wide range of services and they're all fantastic. So I, I would highly recommend if you have any time to book some services. Perfect. Well, thank you both again so much. And as always, listeners can follow me on Instagram at Casey by Sari, and we will see you next week. Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential, yay, Kansas City's best, ooh, Casey Confidential, school pa 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 pa